Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Eric Cabral. Thanks for being on the show, Eric. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on the show. Now, you and I got to meet at a conference, what, six months ago, eight or 10 months ago? I can't remember now when that yeah, was. That Maybe was, it was last spring. Feels like a lifetime ago when the world was totally different then, huh? <laughs> it was totally different. <laughs> oh, no man. doubt about that. A little about Eric. He'll elaborate more, of course, but he left corporate America after 22 years, invested in real estate without knowing anyone who invests, built a couple of companies that services the REI community with branding, marketing, and podcasting. When I seen Eric, he was exploding this the branding platform or podcasting brand that I know he's going to tell us about, but he's an expert in branding and podcasting. And I know that many of the listeners, like I talked to many of you so often and you call me every week or different people will and ask me about podcasting, ask me about how we branded and different things. And this is the guy that can help us today. So Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you again for your time. So happy to be here. And really when we were talking before the mics turned on and you were like, man, this is something that that's constantly coming up. And I'm like, oh, I'm so happy I could help the audience because as a real estate investor, that I am, but I'm really heavily focused on on branding and podcasting. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Let's talk about my strength right now because yeah, you've got a ton of experts get to talk about real estate. And yeah, it's, it's good. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, happy to have you here. And like I said, I know a lot of the listeners are contemplating starting a podcast, contemplating how to brand themselves. It seems like such a overwhelming thing to begin or to tackle when you're just starting this whole thing. And all of us have been there at one time or another. I remember very well. Eric, I'd really like for you to get us started. And, you know, let's say somebody just came to you and said, Eric, what do I need to do? You know, I want to launch a, a real estate brand, but I just don't know where to start. Maybe you could lay out a few steps for us, some things to think about, and we'll jump in a little deeper. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I ask people when they come to me with question or that request is, you know, why? Why do you want a podcast? Well, everyone's doing it. That's not really the best or the good enough reason. Why is another, what's the other reason? And that, well, I want to build an audience. Okay, why? Keep asking the five whys, you know, keep go digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually, if you get to a, a really good answer, like, I want to help a community. I want to grow and expand my network and provide value to my listeners or to the my investors. That's a good answer. Let's start talking a little bit more about it. So, if you have a mission as something as strong as Whitney's, you know, where he's he's trying to provide value to his investors with great returns, but then also he has a deeper mission as far as like trying to provide children, orphan children with loving homes, that pulls on your heartstrings. That's someone I want to talk to as far as like, yes, let's build that brand because you have a grand vision. You have an abundance mindset. You want to build and grow something that's going to make an impact on the world. So no pressure, right? I mean, everyone, yes, has a podcast, but these podcasts don't have you, right? There's something unique about you and your story and your experience that we need to shine a light on. And if you are confident enough to share that story and be vulnerable on your show and to your guests, then absolutely launch your podcast. But know that when you jump in, 
you have to commit. You have to know this is not something that you can just dip your toe in and then say, I'll record an episode next month. I mean, Whitney's doing it. He's one of the extreme cases where he's developed systems and processes and teams and does it every single day. You can do that, yes. And you could scale to that or try to commit to that right from the beginning. Or you can say at least, at the very least, I ask people, can you commit at least to one episode a week? At the very least, one a month, two a month is not enough. The algorithms, all the stuff in the background wants consistency. And that's the next thing is consistency in your podcasting, your production, whatever it is you're putting out there has to be consistent. And that goes across all everything, you know, social media, the way it looks, you know, Whitney's brand is very consistent when you look up his show and it's the same on the website, on the social media, uh, on the podcast. So that's another thing I really highly recommend people to be very conscious from a macro level. What does it look like as a whole to the people that I'm trying to get their attention from. Who am I trying to reach and how does it look from that 10,000 foot view? And I hear it all the time. I know you probably do too. You hit on this, but I'd love for you just to spend another, maybe one more minute on it. There's so many podcasts. How am I going to stand out? I know you said, well, you know, you're unique, but I still get, how am I going to stand out? There's so many podcasts. Maybe I should do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's the whole snowflake thing. There's, yes, there's many of them, but everything and everyone is unique. So when you get into the podcasting or you start creating a show and you start to interview people, well, you're going to do it in such a way, you're going to ask questions in such a way that is different because you're different. Now, yes, there's ways to distinguish yourself by doing a little homework, researching the guest if you're going to have an interview format, because there are some people that can do a solo show, you know, where they they provide value by doing five 15 minute episodes, sharing the strategies or tips that they're implementing in their business. That's an easier lift if you do want to try and dip your toe in. But then if you're going to do an interview format, which is is all the rage, do your research. I highly recommend that you listen to podcasts of where they've been guests. Your guest has already been a guest, or if they have their own podcast, listen to at least one episode. Because what's going to happen is when you interview them, they're going to appreciate the fact that you've done your homework. You know them. You know how many kids they have. You know all about their business or about what it is they're passionate about. And then it's going to really prime for a wonderful conversation. So that's what's going to be able to distinguish you from others. Because there's a lot of people out there, and you know this, Whitney, You we listen to shows, especially in our space. They're doing it just to do it. And you could tell their heart's not in it, right? They don't have a passion or a driver. If you're not a good listener, I wouldn't suggest that or recommend that podcast is a great platform for you because you have to be a wonderful listener. Have your family or friends said, man, you're such a good listener. Then maybe a podcast is perfect for you. Maybe you know, an interview, shine. right? If you're yeah. a good listener. If you're a good listener, because another thing that I would recommend that you can stand out is aside from doing your homework is trying to probe and, and ask questions that normally aren't asked. And then- Pulling things out, like everyone's doing this, and I'm guilty of this too. What's your origin story? We all pick that up, especially if we're Bigger Pockets fans. They did a wonderful job. They got me into podcasting, actually. And that was the thing. Tell me your story, which seems natural, but that is the norm. So right. if you could figure out a way to just to, to break open, we didn't do that here, which is great. So it's like 
start the conversation right away, that would be a differentiator. There's many different strategies that can set you apart from the crowd. What about best tips for promoting your podcast? I know there's lots of launch tips, you know, ways to launch it well. What about show that's already been launched for a while? How do you, what's the best tips for promoting? Yeah, well, obviously social media, right? So this takes a little bit of work and I highly recommend if you don't have a VA, look into people that can help you from this level because this is very sort of administrative, something that the two to $4 an hour person can help you with by taking content you've created, taking this podcast, for instance, listening to it with the intention of saying, I'm going to pull out the nuggets. I'm going to pull out all the gold. You ask your VA, I only need three to four sound bites of 10 to 30 seconds long. And then what they could do if they have that skill set, and you can find these folks, they're all out there. Can you create a visual promotion from that. So I could have an audio clip, but then now can you create a visual? We call them audiograms. So that's what we build and create for our clients. Every episode that goes out, we create one audiogram that's 15 seconds, another one that's 30 seconds. And then this is a harder lift. If there's video, you can actually take those clips and put out very Gary V style clips of your actual podcast. So that is really a magical formula because you take the audio experience and you turn it into a visual experience. And then now you're attracting different audiences because there's certain people that love to watch and there's certain people that love to just listen. So now you're coming at them from all angles. Nice. Great advice. And love the VA tip as well. I couldn't have done this without many VAs, <laughs> virtual assistants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what, what social media platforms? There's tons of those as well. And they different requirements, different links of video or text or whatever that may be. Where should we focus if we can only pick a, a couple? Yeah, yeah. I get that question a lot too. It all depends on what your goal is and also who you think your audience is. So you could play really nicely in the LinkedIn space because there's professionals there. There are people who have capital to invest. So LinkedIn is a really good place for that. Although video is still sort of in beta there. So you can do it, but it's very like short bursts, but they don't have live streaming like Facebook. So Facebook is a great platform if you decide to do video or do a video component of your podcast to push it out on Facebook or even go live. You see a lot of people now during this time have figured out ways to to go live on their podcasts. And there are platforms such as Zoom or another wonderful one that we're using a lot now is called StreamYard, where you can put graphics on your podcast and it looks very professional. You can cut to different individuals. You can have calls to action behind you or around you. There's really so many ways that we can leverage the high quality tools to start incorporating very easily now, given that we have time, we're at home, we're creating content and really just figuring it out because it's not rocket science. It's up to you how I would concentrate on content first. And then if you're, if visual and video is not your, your bag, then find someone who who's doing it and say, how are you doing this? And if it sounds like something you're not interested in, either ask for their help or just stick to the audio format. Audio and podcasting is really relatively simple. If you don't get intimidated by all the other things that happen <laughs> as a result yeah. of you do it successfully, you got to get started, right? You got to get, get started. Yeah. I tell people like you're not going to get to the 20th show if you don't do the first one. 
Yeah. Your 20th one's going to be so much better than the first one. But what about that call to action? What can we ask for during a podcast interview, say to our audience? What do you recommend? Yeah. Well, the boilerplate, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends and family is always the best way to activate. But then again, you know, people sort of get numb to that, I've noticed. So there are ways to reach out to people. If, if you have sort of like an email system, you can add it in your newsletter. You could say, hey, here's a link. We'd appreciate it. You offer something. We have some swag or I have a white paper or I have something that I can give to you if you give me a review or you give me a like or you give me a rating on iTunes. That would go a long way to help us build this community. That I highly recommend finding ways. We found a lot of success with the clients that are really sort of, for lack of a better word, aggressive about that. Like, hey, like, subscribe. We'll give you a t-shirt. We'll give you some swag. And it works. It works, especially if you're launching a show. There's an eight-week window for you to get a ton of ratings uh, written and also stars that could get you on the charts that can get you noticed by iTunes. Nice. So that could be expensive, right? If we're doing t-shirts and that many t-shirts or mugs or what hats or whatever it is you're giving out. I'll tell you this. So here's another one. Go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B. And I have no stake. I have no equity in this company, but we use tpublic as our merch page. And it's great because all you have to do is upload your logo and they'll ship it, they'll create it, and it, there's no quantity. You can do a one-off. They send it so, to the customer or the that's, buyer as that's, well? Exactly. So when we have fans or followers you know, react or engage with us, we say, send us your email or your home address, and we'll just go right to TeePublic, buy it, and mail it to them. And it's 15 nice. bucks for a mug, 20 bucks for a t-shirt. They often have sales where it's you can get a t-shirt for $13. If you don't have marketing dollars in your company, because a lot of us, you know, a lot of solopreneurs or small businesses don't necessarily allocate money to invest in marketing, consider this your marketing. Hey, listen, like, subscribe. And if you do, I'll send you a t-shirt. I'll send you a mug. $15 for that brand advocate or that person that's going to be a champion for you is well worth yes, 15 bucks. For sure. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, another question that I get often is if someone's going to do an interview podcast or just getting started, they feel like it's going to be hard for them to get people on the show because they're just getting started. It's brand new podcast because people have seen, well, Whitney, you know, you had numerous bigger name real estate investors, syndicators on the show really early on. How did you do that? And how do you recommend people to get those people on the show? So I recommend first starting your podcast, asking your closest friends right? People in the industry that you know will say yes. So once you start to build a catalog, and it doesn't have to be a hundred, you could very well have eight, a dozen up there. Because what's going to happen if you ask the Robert Kiyosakis or you ask the Grant Cardones to be on your show, not them, but their VAs will look the show up. They're going to Google it. And if there's nothing on Google, if they can't even find it, they'll most likely say no. So what you want to do is have a catalog of shows of people that you've interviewed. The brand is consistent. Your releases are consistent and your brand is searchable. They can find it when they look it up. So then you're increasing your chances of getting the Kiyosakis, the Kim Kiyosakis, whoever it is you want on your show. Prime example, I think I was only 14 or 15 episodes into my show and I asked Randy Zuckerberg, who basically built Facebook as we know it. She created Facebook Live. She created fan pages. 
all the cool stuff that Mark wasn't concentrating on because he's the zeros and ones guy. And all you have to do is ask. They'll say yes. And but the thing is, they'll look it up first. They'll say they'll see if it's a legit thing that they're if it's worth their time. If they like what they hear. Oh, another thing as far as consistency is concerned. You want your episodes to be consistent. If it's going to be 30 minutes, let it be 30 minutes. If it's going to be an hour, it's going to be an hour. If they look it up and they see, yeah, okay, Whitney has you know 50 episodes up there, but it's 10 minutes, it's an hour, it's 15 minutes. They won't know what they're committing to. So I would recommend you make sure it's consistent and just start by asking the people you know. And I'll tell you this, Whitney, 100% of the people I've asked to be on my show have said yes. So that goes to show the industry is very open. Like people want to be on shows. Tell me how you ask them. I, I want to know exactly how you're asking them. Uh, you know, <laughs> is, it, is it a phone call? Is it like a personalized yeah. letter? What is that? Yeah. There's many different approaches. Personally, I ask in person in a networking event. You know, so if we're in a networking event, I won't walk up to someone and say, hey, would you be on my podcast? We have a conversation. We get to know each other. I said, hey, you're fascinating to me. And I usually only want to ask, I usually only ask people that inspire me with their story. And I'd love to have you on my show if you're interested. And they'll always, 100% of the time say, oh yeah, just email me. But granted, I, I have not approached Grant Cardone or Gary Vee or anyone huge. That's a different strategy. You got to go through the gatekeeper, right? So, but when you have direct one-to-one, which in our industry we do, just go up to them, have a conversation and say, hey, I'd love to chat with you for a little bit on my show. You know, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. You haven't asked me yet either, but I'll give you my assistant's email <laughs> so she, yes. she can shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ask you on the show to put you on the spot. Yeah. Would you be on my show? Of uh, course. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, that's some great advice, Eric. I just get that often. Like People are worried about not being able to get people on their show, not being able to get bigger name people on their show. And I have to say, you got to ask. And I tell people, like, be professional. Yeah. And I think that's what we did. Just everything we did, we just tried to make it extremely organized, very simple, but very professional. And I think that showed. And a lot of bigger names agreed very early on uh, before they knew who I was, for sure. But what about making money with podcasting? Can you make money podcasting? You can. Not in the traditional sense. So a lot of people ask, and I'm sure they ask you as well, how do I monetize this? Well, you don't have a podcast yet. So why are you thinking about making money from it? It's like having a baby and then stamping, you know, fund that flip or whatever bigger pockets on your forehead. Why are you branding something that's in its infancy? But you want to come off authentic. You don't want to come off as, hey, I'm here to make money, folks. You want to provide value. You want to be able to give people something that they can actually implement within your show or bring on guests that will do that for you. So I don't recommend people think of it that way. It's very scratch the surface sort of thinking where it's deeper than that. You have to think of it as long-term and committing to it for at minimum a year and think of it as like, I'm in this for a hundred episodes because that's where you'll start to see the ROI. That's where you're going to see it pay in dividends because the relationships you're forming. I always say, the magic happens when the mic turns off. It's not about the actual interview. It's actually about the relationships that I'm forming with the person on the other side. And I'm telling you, there's here's a cool example. The top three downloads of my show, those people are business partners now. So that's where the ROI comes in. 
you're making money or you're getting into deals that you normally wouldn't be privy to because now that person sees you as a thought leader. They see you as someone that gave them a platform and now you're like, they're thanking you. And then also it's open to like, hey, we know each other now. How can we work together? How can we do business? So I would go into it thinking I'm going in here with the opportunity to talk to people that I normally would never have been able to talk to. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. The other after the show is the most important time. And unfortunately, doing so many shows, I don't always get as much time as I would like. But I do try to schedule time just for that because it is so important. So what's a way you've improved your podcast recently or something that you've learned about that we could apply to ours? It's a good question. So we're always testing and tweaking things. We've produced shows where we create completely custom introductions for clients and ourselves. But we found that, yes, that resonates with people and it's, it distinguishes your show from others. But I think getting quick to the point, the meat and potatoes, having a shorter introduction, 15 seconds, 10 seconds where you're in and you're out. And then like you go right into, we're trying to get better about our interview style in terms of like the small talk, the private jokes, things like that. I'm trying to be more aware of because the majority of people want to know right away, what's in it for me? What am I getting out of this episode? So we're trying to be more deliberate about that at the beginning of the show. Like, hey guys, here's what you're going to get. As opposed to just like, hey, this is just me and my pal chatting here and we're having a beer. You know, like, I don't think people are very interested in that. They're not wanting to waste their time listening to you drinking a beer. (laughs) Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm just going to shoot the crap with my buddy here and we're going to smoke some cigars and drink some beers. That's fun for you, but I don't know how much fun that is for the listener. Right. So it goes back to your why and your goal of creating a podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what about the one thing that's contributed to to your success, Eric? Networking meeting people. That's why I miss dearly what we had at this time that we're in now is is truly letting us appreciate and allowing us to appreciate what we had. It's so important, Whitney, you understand like meeting face to face. What's great about podcasting is it sets the stage, the early stages of the know, like, and trust factor. So they get to know you through your show. They get to like you through your show and whatever else you're putting out there in the interwebs. But then it's the meeting in person, shaking hands, looking into each other's eyes and saying, this is the guy I want to do business with. I already knew I liked him. And now we can take this relationship or this partnership further. So I think that that, that's critical is networking and meeting people as a result. So starting a show, starting a podcast, starting a brand with the intention of forming deeper relationships. How do you like to give back? Through... Education, we call it in the industry, you know, edutainment. So, you know, we do a lot of shows where we talk about business strategies and tips that can be implemented. And we do that on a weekly basis for free, just putting it out there, interviewing people, talking amongst the team about how growth strategies and what we're going through and how we're pivoting. That's really what we love to do is just provide value. Awesome. Eric, amazing show. Grateful for your time and you being so willing to share your expertise. I know the listeners, many, like I said, I know are contemplating starting that podcast and many of these things we've talked about. I know I get questions so often about, I'm sure you do too. So I hope we were able to help them in a big way, but how can they get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So they can email me directly, eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com, or you can see what we do. We have onairbrands.com and we also have our podcasting event at podmax.co. Don't go yet. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.